Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. I, I don't know if this is true or not. I, re- I read a story yesterday, supposedly. I guess someone can check it out and see if it's a hoax or not. But if it's um, some archaeologists um, in, actually in the Red Sea have claimed that they were looking for sunken boats from several hundred years ago and treasures and stuff like that and have discovered this, uh, uh, an army at the bottom of this Red Sea from, the 14, from, from 1,400 years before Christ with chariots and soldiers and the whole deal. It's pretty cool. And, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. The Bible hasn't been wrong yet. And they're down there somewhere, if they found them or not. Pharaoh and all his army. But, you know, it's just it's amazing how in, in the days that we live in, you know, we have all this new scientific technology and, and, and ability to research and look back into the past and look back into history. And it's like the handprints of God are becoming more and more obvious all around us. And um, the time, you know, the time is drawn near. The, the great day of confrontation between dark and light is, is about to take place. And um, Jesus Christ is about to come back to this earth. Uh, you and I have the privilege of being part of this this final wrap-up and being part of the great, the great, great move of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that um, one of the things that the Lord has put in my heart and put in the heart of our congregation is a desire for a greater and greater visitation of His presence. The third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Trinity, He's the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is an awesome God. And there's all sorts of pictures in the Bible that give us glimpses into, into what he's like. And um, today I want to talk to you about one of them. He's called the river. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, this, we have a special services this Wednesday night. We have a ladies' service that will be taking place here. And after worship, guys, we're going next door. We're going to have an awesome men's rally. We did it a few months ago, and it was an awesome night. Hope you all can come out and check it out. Um, so anyway, the source, I want to talk to you about the river. Starting in Revelation chapter 22, which is um, the last book of the Bible. And it's the last vision of John, the Apostle John. And, you know, he had this, um, he had these incredible series of visions um, when he was on the Isle of Patmos in exile for preaching the gospel. And he says he was, it was a Sunday and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was caught up into heaven and had an angel guide that led him through heaven. And he saw amazing things that he wrote down for us. And the last, the last vision that he had is in Revelations 22. He said, that, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Now, this, this is what Jesus was talking about. He said, if, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He also told the woman at the well, he said, if you knew who I was, and if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked of me, and I would give to you living water. This living water is real, my friends. It's very real. It's more real than the Mississippi River. It's more real than Abita Springs water or Kentwood water. It's more real than the water that comes out of you, that chemical smelling water that comes out of your faucet every day. It's more real than any of that water. It's very real. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. To the middle of the street of the city also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. 
So yeah, there is a river. Psalms, David wrote a psalm, and in one of the lines of that psalm was, there is a river. And yeah, I want to say to you today, there is a river. It flows from the throne of God. The fountainhead of this river is the th- very throne of Almighty God flows out from the Father and flows out from the Son. It's a glorious river. It's the river of God's presence. It's the river of God's glory. It's the river of God's love. It's the river of God Himself, the Holy Ghost, flowing out into the nations of the earth today to whosoever will, to whoever's thirsty. Now, Jeremiah spoke about, about this, this fountainhead, about the source The source of the river. The source of the river is God himself. He's the the fountainhead of the river. From out from him flows this glorious river, from the Father and from the Son. And Jeremiah spoke about it in Jeremiah 2.13, and he was talking about the, the sins or the transgressions of the people of God. He said, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Everyone say the fountain of living waters. So they've, they've turned away from God. They've turned away from Him. And they stopped looking to God as the source of all life. They stopped looking to Him. He is the, all life flows from Him. And they turned their backs on the living God. And He said the second sin is they've hewed out for themselves cisterns from themselves. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. They've turned away from the fountain of living waters. And they've gone to, to drink from the fountains of this world. The, the fountains that, that claim to bring satisfaction in life but can never satisfy the thirst of man's soul. That was Jeremiah's definition of sin. Trying to find the sustenance of life from something other than God. Looking for life in all the wrong places. We're looking for life, looking for love, looking for peace, looking for happiness, looking for contentment, looking for purpose, but turning our back on the fountain of living waters and looking to the created things. It's what Romans 1 is all about. They've forsaken the living God. And now they're worshiping the creatures rather than the creator. The the creation is beautiful and it's awesome, but we don't worship it. Oh, the sky is great. The mountains are great. The oceans are great. And all of the handiwork of God, it points to Him. We don't worship His handiwork. We worship the artist Himself. Amen, the fountain. So this... this, um, he is the, the source, the fountainhead. So I want to I talk to you to, for a few minutes. I want us just to look through the scripture and look at the, the purpose. What is, the, what is the, the purpose or the function of this river of the Holy Ghost? You know, people make fun of us and make fun of, of Pentecostal Christians. Oh, they're just about this and they're just about feelings and just about the river and just about all of, all of this, this, this foolishness. But at the end of the day, what is the purpose of the anointing. Why do we need the anointing? Why do I need to be deeper in the river? Why do I need to walk in the Spirit? Why is that even important to me today? Why can't I I look to myself for my solutions or my ideas or my information? Why can't I, I fix myself? Just give me some steps to success and I can fix myself. But it's not, it's not that easy. So I want us just to look at what the Scriptures say about what happens. What happens when someone 
launches out into the river. When they begin to follow Ezekiel, who went past ankle deep and went past knee deep and went past waist deep and went past his shoulders and went until he found waters that he could swim in. What happens when you begin to launch out into the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a lifestyle? um, In Psalms 1 verse 3, it talks about producing fruits. He is like, we become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. Everyone say in all that he does. He prospers. So there becomes fruitfulness, fruitfulness in all the areas of your life. Whatever you put your hand to, directed by God, begins to experience the blessing of God when you've got the river of God upon you and in you and you're planted like a tree by the river of the Holy Ghost. Fruitfulness, fruitfulness in your job. Fruitfulness in the place where you work. The favor of God begins to come upon your company, begins to come upon the employees and the employers that you're associated with. The blessing of God comes upon your neighborhood and upon your family and upon your your husband or your wife. The blessing of God begins to come upon your children. The blessing of God begins to come upon your recreation, the things that you enjoy to do. You begin to experience fruitfulness and favor upon your life. Blessed in his presence. Fruitfulness in the presence of God. Amen. So that's, that happens. So rivers also, Isaiah 48, 18. Rivers also pacify. Everyone say pacify. So this is a, this is a beautiful verse. Maybe any one of these verses, I'm going to read several um, verses about the river today. Grab one of them, if not anything else, and say, that's for me. This is the Lord's verse for me today. Isaiah 48, 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Listen to the, this is the, the prophetic word of the Lord. The Lord's speaking through Isaiah and God's crying out, Oh, if you had only, if you had only listened to my word, it would have gone well with you. If you had only paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that we live in troubled times. There's a new trouble, seems like there's a new trouble introduced every week. You know, one week we're dealing with ISIS and we're worried about terrorism, and the next week we're worried about um, the border being overrun by terrorists and by illegals, and then the next day we're worried about Ebola breaking out in our, in our country. It's like, what's, what's gonna be the, what is going to be the terror and the fear of the week? Shootings in the high schools, shootings in the neighborhoods, home invasions, carjackings in Orleans Parish. It's, you know, like a crazy, crazy, crazy world that we live in. But this, there's, a, there's a promise from the Lord that there is a peace There's peace like a river and righteousness like the waves of the sea. The anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit brings peace and tranquility in the midst of troubled waters in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the Prince of Peace. Lord, in the world you said I'd have tribulation, but Lord, you prophesy, be of good cheer, sons and daughters, I've overcome the world. Peace I give to you, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. He gives us a supernatural peace that that we walk in this bubble of peace. She come, I say, thank you, Lord. It's, It's the fruit of the river. So there's fruitfulness. 
and there's peace. Psalm 46, it's one of David's famous psalms about, about the river. He says, there is a river. Yes, there is. Have you discovered it yet? There is a river. Say that with me. There is a river. Let's say it again. There is a river. Say it again. There is a river. Again. There is a river. Yeah, I believe it. I believe there is a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Oh, the city of God. This is the city of God. This is a gathering of the portion of the city of God this Sunday morning. And there is, a, there is a gladness and a happiness in the midst of whatever pain you're facing today. No matter what kind of bad news you've had, no matter what kind of trouble you're facing, no matter what kind of trauma you're going through with your family members, with your finances, or with your health, health. There is a river. There is a river and it makes glad the city of God. There can be a happiness that transcends every circumstance. It transcends poverty, transcends sickness, transcends rebellion, transcends bankruptcy, transcends trouble at home. Oh yeah, and ultimately God begins to break through in these circumstances. But as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're experiencing the peace of God. And we're experiencing the gladness of hearts. Oh yeah, there is a supernatural, a supernatural happiness that transcends every sadness. You don't have to walk in depression anymore. If you've had a sad heart, I'm telling you there's a sure cure it's the olive gladness. He takes off that heaviness, that garment of heaviness, and he puts on you a garment of praise. He removes sadness of hearts. Riste Mandea. Yes, the river of the Holy Ghost will wash out of you the sadness of hearts. You know, sometimes it'll take a while to, to, to change the circumstances that brought about the sadness. But the sadness can go instantaneously. He can change you in a moment of time. There is a river. There is a river. It makes glad. It makes glad the city of our God. Thank you, Lord. And here we go to Ezekiel's river. Oh, this is beautiful. I love this. Ezekiel. You know, Ezekiel was, if you ever have trouble sleeping at night, read the book of Ezekiel, then you'll really have trouble sleeping at night. But you'll be happy while you're doing it. He has some most incredible visions. It starts right off in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It talks about how he had visions. And the, the, it's the, he said the whole land would light up with the glory of God. The glory of the Lord would come and the whole meadow would light up. And, and he'd see chariots. And You know that whole, that whole movie, Close Encounters of the, the Third Kind? It was, them t- it was a takeoff, them trying to explain away what Ezekiel saw. He didn't see flying saucers. He saw the glory of God and he saw cherubim. He saw God flying around on his chariots. What he saw, Jesus, glory to Jehovah. So anyway, it's so, he goes on, um, Ezekiel 47.3. This is one of his visions that he had. He was caught up in multiple visions and he had one vision of the, of the restoration of the temple in the last days. And this temple is a, is a picture of the house of God. We are the temple of God. We are his building in this last day. And Ezekiel saw the restoration of the house of God in the form of a building. And flowing out of this beautiful building was the river. The river that John saw, Ezekiel saw it hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ. He says, going eastward with a measuring line in his hand, this angel, this was, he measured a thousand cubits. 
And then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and he led me through the water, and it was knee deep. And again, he measured a thousand, and he led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen, and it was deep enough to swim in. And a river that, it was a river that could not be passed through. Now, if you read through this, this beautiful, this beautiful passage, you'll see one of the effects, one of the effects of the river of the Holy Ghost is renewal. Everyone say renewal. This anointing affects our, our whole tripart being. It affects our, our, our body. It affects our emotions, our will, and our minds. And it affects our inner man, our spirit man. All three parts of us created in the image of God, this three-part being that we are. We are, we are God's creatures. And this, every time we step into the presence of the Holy Spirit and the river begins to wash over us. Now think of this picture you know, you can, you can have differing degrees of the anointing. Just because you've experienced your toes in the edge of the water doesn't mean you've experienced all there is of God. It's the anointing, all right, but there's more. Yeah, many of you have experienced the anointing in different degrees, but there's more. Promise me. I promise you there's more. There's more for each one of us. And the more you're impacted by the manifest presence of the Lord, the more it begins to carry you to God's purpose and plan for your life. He begins to bring blessing and favor and protection and the fulfillment of these promises we've been talking about. But this, this anointing brings renewal. He makes all things new. He begins to, he begins to you know, our, our soul that's been scarred and wounded by the circumstances we've gone through. All of us have gone through stuff. How many here have ever been disappointed? You've been disappointed before? Raise your hands if you've been disappointed. You've been disappointed with your, with your own behavior. You've been disappointed with your children's behavior. You've been disappointed with your, your church's behavior. You've been disappointed with your company's behavior or your government's behavior. Or you've been, you've been, you've been discouraged by your, by your health or your, your finances. Things have happened in your life. And, and if it happens over and over and over again, we begin to get wounded and hurt and begins to affect the way we, we believe. It affects our countenance. It affects the way we, lo- we live our lives. It, it, we, we walk around hurt and our faith level is, is very dim. We get into the, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Renewal begins to happen. Begins to, it begins to touch our soul. It begins to heal our broken hearts. Begins to touch us on the inside. Begins to bring renewal in our spirit. He begins to affect our, our physical body. Begins to, to be strengthened. They that wait upon the Lord, she must say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Simbarista, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Kremasa, renewal from the very presence of Almighty God flowing over us. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel goes on in verse number 8. Then he said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and it goes down into the valley and it enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, the waters are healed. There is healing. There is a, there's a healing virtue in the river of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Reinhard Bunke says this over and over again. He says the Holy Spirit is a healing spirit. The Holy Spirit is the healing spirit. Everything he touches begins to come alive. Everywhere the river goes, there's life. Where there was death, where there was destruction, where there was sickness, where there was bondage, everywhere the the anointing goes, he begins to bring life. It's like a, it's like a, 
You know, I've compared it often to the to hyperbaric chamber. It's a, some sort of, of chamber where it's saturated with oxygen. And you get into that atmosphere and you stay in that atmosphere for extended periods of time and it begins to have effect on your, on your human body. How much more? How much more? What would happen if I were to, to saturate in the very manifest presence of the glory of God? What would happen if I were to to lay down in His presence and allow His presence to to permeate me, to increase on me? You see, I can tell you, I can tell you from personal experience, the anointing can increase on your life. And I can remember the first times when I began to experience the anointing and begin to end up on the floor. And I learned a, a precious truth about laying in His presence. I learned about saturation under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not just getting touched. It's not getting touched and falling down. It's not a, like a merry-go-round or a Ferris wheel or a roller coaster. So let's try this ride. It's not what it is. You fall on the ground, maybe. And if you go and end up on the ground, you stay there for a while. And you begin to think on the things of God. If music is going, you enter into the presence and allow, and allow the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you. You begin to reflect on a scripture, maybe, that God spoke to you. And you're just laying there, and, and you, the, you're there. And, and yeah, you could, you could fight your way out. You could stand up if you really wanted to, but you don't want to. You want to just stay and, and enjoy. And, and then it begins to increase. The anointing begins to increase. It begins to deepen. It begins to deepen. The longer you stay there, the deeper, the, the, the stronger it gets on you. You become more and more aware. And the thicker His presence becomes, the more effect it has on your being. The anointing affects us. There's renewal for your inner man. There's healing for your body everywhere the river goes. I'm convinced saturating in the anointing of the Holy Ghost is healing for our bodies. Healing for our bodies. That's why we have the healing, the healing room. We have the healing room that meets various times. You can check our our bulletin and check it out. If you have a sickness, it's for saturation purposes where people can be prayed for and get under the anointing for extended periods of time and let the Holy Spirit bring restoration and healing to your physical body. We have healing prayer after every service. We have, on Sunday mornings, we have the healing team on, to my left and your right. It's over here. And they'll anoint you and pray for you and soak you in the healing unction of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Naaman, the, the captain of the Syrian army, learned about this, about this river. He had leprosy and he had learned from a, a captured servant girl from Israel that there was a prophet there was a prophet by the name of Elijah in, in Israel. And she said, if you go to, to see the prophet, he could heal your body. So Naaman, the Syrian, I mean, think about it, Syria and Israel. The Syrian captain went to Israel to look for the man of God. He was so desperate. He was dying of an incurable disease. And he went and he found the prophet. The prophet wouldn't even come outside and talk to him. He sent his assistant and said, go tell the Syrian captain to go down to the Jordan River and dip himself in seven times. And after a long series of events where the guy didn't want to go because he was filled with pride, he finally listened and went. And he dipped himself into the river, into the Jordan River. And he dipped, 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 and he dipped. That's seven times. And he dipped into the river of the Holy Ghost. And he came up and it says his skin was like baby skin. All the leprosy was gone. It's a picture. There is healing 
she must say, there is healing. Yeah, this river is a healing river. Everywhere Jesus went, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There is healing in the hands of Jesus. There is healing in the river of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to give you two last scriptures. The river of God satisfies our thirsty soul. David, in one of his psalms, said, they are abundantly satisfied. That word abundantly satisfied is the same phrase used for highly intoxicated. They are highly intoxicated. They are satiated. They are drunken with the fullness of your house. They've drunk till they're completely satisfied. They're just laying back. They, they don't need anything else. They've been contented in the house of God. I wrote a devotion today, a blog today. It's, it's called, Are You Satisfied? I mean, are you satisfied in your situation in life? Are you satisfied? Or is there something inside of you that's not satisfied with your, with your current state in life? Well, if I, if I, think about, I think about that, I think about individuals that pop into my mind that I would say these people were satisfied. I think about Simeon, the prophet, that was waiting for the appearance of the Messiah in the temple. And that day when the babe Christ was brought into the temple to be dedicated when he was eight years old, and, and Simeon set his eyes on the Son of God, he began to prophesy over him that this would be a sign spoken against. And he began to say, now your servant can depart in peace. Now I'm satisfied with my life. I have seen him for myself. Think about in the Old Testament, you think about David. David was satisfied. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I'm abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. I think of Mary of Bethany. She was at the feet of Jesus, drinking in his goodness. Oh, she found her place of contentment and satisfaction. It was saturating at the feet of the anointed one. Oh, I can't wait for that day when I get my moments. I'm going to lay at his feet myself like Mary did. I'm going to lay at his feet myself. Place of utter contentment. And of course, contentment in the most unlikely circumstance. The Apostle Paul in the Roman prison. I have learned the secret of being content. Oh yeah, I've learned the secret of being content. I, yeah, I'm content. I'm here I am in a Roman prison cell and I'm the happiest man on earth because my contentment has nothing to do with my outward circumstances. I found my contentment in the river of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, there is a river and I'll be abundantly satisfied with the fullness of his house. And finishing with this, where we started, he showed me, John said, he showed me a, a, a pure river of water, clear as crystal. Everyone say clear as crystal. Proceeding from the throne of God and from the Lamb. You know, this, um, this river flows out from the riven side of Jesus Christ. You think about the pictures in the Old Testament. You think about when Moses went, he was commanded to, to smite the rock to strike the rock. Anyone have any idea what that means? Strike the rock. And as he struck, struck the rock, the water, the river began to flow out of it. He struck the rock and a river, enough water for three million people began to flow out of that rock. He smote the rock 
It's the same thing if you read in, in John chapter 19 when, when Christ was on the cross. They, they smote the rock. They stuck him with his spear in his side and, and blood and water begin to flow out of him. There is a river, my friends. It flows from the Son of God. There is a river and it's pure and clean as crystal. If you get in that river, if you'll get in that river, oh yeah, the first time it begins to wash away your sin. But there's daily cleansing from the filthiness of this world as we get into that river and it washes us and cleanses us. It cleanses our mind. It purifies our purposes. It purifies our inner man. It makes us clean and holy. Men of women of God living in a wicked generation. Yeah, there is a river and it's a river of cleansing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, of this sum. In Ecclesiastes, it says all the rivers, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. <laughs> to the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. In the, in the Bible, if you can go study, study it out, the sea oftentimes is, a, is, a, is a, a, a spiritual image of the peoples of the nations. It's the, it's the multitudes of the world. The rivers are flowing into the nations. The rivers are flowing into the people. And as, as we, you know, we live in a city with great needs. There's hurting people out here. There's, there's people's marriages that have been destroyed. There's people's lives. How many people's lives are being destroyed right now as we're sitting here from alcohol consumption? Their marriages are being destroyed. Their jobs are being destroyed. How many people's wives are be, lives are being destroyed from immor- immoral practices, living, having sex outside of their marriage? How many people's lives are being destroyed by, by prescription meds? We live in, it's like a minefield out there. We live around casualties on every side of us. It's like a, a minefield. You know, it's, it's enough trouble in the church, you get outside the church, and there's, it's like a, a stinking minefield, casualties everywhere. It's World War III all around us. People being blown away with disease, blown away with financial chaos, blown away with alcohol problems, blown away with problems with their kids. And there, this river, this river, is, it's, and once it, gets, it begins to flow into us, it begins to affect our lives. Jesus said it begins to flow out of us. And we become the channel. We become a channel for that river to flow into this, to this hurting community that we live in. New Orleans needs the supernatural touch of God. Just good Christian slogans is not going to fix it. It, Good preaching is not going to fix it. Just good principles and good organizational structure is not going to fix it. We need a move of God. And that move has to start with you. It has to flow out of your belly as you drink in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord will use you to touch your family and your friends and your neighbors. It won't be hard. You don't have to be a, 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 a brilliant gospel scholar. It's just a river flowing out. Everywhere the river goes, there's life and wholeness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.